Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and welcome back to Betting Chicago, everyone. Everyone's favorite Chicago sports podcast. We are back, you guys. Today, we are going to be previewing Rams, Bears in LA, Week 11. Going down, making some picks on the game, giving you some gambling angles, and then I might tackle a little bit of what's going on in the NCAA too, as well. Guys, it is great to be back. It's been a couple of weeks, and to be honest, I had to go on a Bears retreat. I had to go to a very special place and deal with some professional therapists during this four game Bears losing streak. Everywhere I looked, we did a lot of ink blotting. Every time I looked into that ink, painting I saw a third and nine empty set Trubisky incomplete pass and overthrow of some kind across the middle I saw Rex Grossman guys I saw Henry Burris I saw us running the ball only seven times it was really tough but I'm back I'm back I'm here to preview the game this week and let's have a really great time so first off I kind of want to talk about a little bit some of my thoughts I've been kind of coalescing and congealing over the last couple weeks about the Bears offense And then we're going to get into the actual game and do a little bit of a breakdown for you. So here's my thoughts on the Bears offense through the first nine games. Obviously, it hasn't been looked good, and we're all trying to figure out what's going on. Everyone's blaming Trubisky. I don't want to necessarily go there, and I've been on it since week one. I think Matt Nagy's had a really tough season, and in his first season— we saw an offense that was very creative, inconsistent, but teased potential for the future, right? You know, Trubisky ran for some first downs. Offensive linemen were catching touchdowns. Tight ends were taking shovel passes in the end zone. Everyone was dancing and happy, and the future looked really, really bright. And entering training camp this year, a lot of what Matt Nagy talked about was his offense 2.0, the Nagy 2.0 offense. So last year was the 1.0. This year is the 2.0. And here's what I'm seeing. Nagy talked all through camp about how he was going to up the game, take it, open up the playbook. Now, during mind, during, keep in mind that during that time, this was during a training camp that saw the first stringers play zero snaps in the preseason, and about that Nagy 2.0. This was a classic mismanagement for a young coach, and I hope it's something that he learns and can take forward with him. And this happens in workplaces all the time, and it doesn't matter what you do for a living, but whenever there's a new boss that comes in, Typically, they have a plan on what they think is going to succeed, but they never take the time to think about the personnel that needs to execute it. And this is exactly what happened with Matt Nagy. Now, on paper, he was like, okay, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 as an offense, and it just doesn't work like that. Now, let's just take, for example, Trubisky, for example. Now, last season, let's just say, let's be kind, and let's give Trubisky a B-. minus. In terms of executing the 1.0, the Bears were still in 25th or later in a lot of offensive categories, didn't do so great. They still won some football games, but still was a work in progress, right? So if a guy gets a B- and a 1.0, and the next year you expect him to take the 2.0 and get an A, I think that's a ridiculous expectation, and I think that's on the head coach. The first glimpse of that was Trubisky throwing over 50 passes in week one. And if you listen to the podcast, thank you so much for doing it. But I thought Nagy coached one of his worst games as a pro that night. Now, of course, there's been some there's been some more uh, frightening and concerning performances since then. But I just couldn't understand why we were doing that. I just remember the Bulls in 96, 97, 98 with those three championships, the second three, Pete. And in the beginning of the game, 
They had all these offensive weapons, Michael Jordan, Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, on and on and on. And what would they do in that first quarter? They would feed Luke Longley the rock. Why? Just to get him some touches. Just to get the offense into a flow. Start slow, work from the inside to the outside. You'd look up, oh wow, Luke Longley's got eight points in the first quarter. He's going to have a huge night. No, he's not. He's only going to have eight points, but that's how the offense ran. And that's what Nagy failed to see. And that stubbornness is what cost the Bears early on in the season. Instead of running the football, making smart, easy passes, moving the tight ends around, not working with this sideways, sideways action, but actually working north and south and getting what you can get. Instead, he went for the whole enchilada and tried to put this 2.0 on an offense that wasn't ready to do it and a quarterback that wasn't ready to ascend to that level. And as many ways that Trubisky has failed the offense this season, Matt Nagy has failed the offense even more so. I mean, they ran the ball only seven times in one game at one point this season. You just can't have that happen from a play-calling perspective. Now, we're going to get to Trubisky, but this isn't all on just Nagy and this isn't all on just Trubby, okay? Offensive line, I've been hammering on it all season long. They've been absolutely horrible, okay? The James Daniels at center experiment, for now, is over and is a failure. I know he's 22 years old. He's a high draft pick. We'll see in seasons coming up, but right now, it is just not working at all. Cody Whitehair moves into the center position. Looked like they had a little bit more stability there. Even though Trubby kind of ran himself into a couple of sacks, Whitehair needs to get better at the snaps, but it looks like that's at least going to be an improvement for now. I mean, Bobby Massey had vertigo this season. Your right tackle can't have vertigo and expect him to come back and play 100%. That has been a problem. Kyle Long on the IR, not good. Rashad Coward, seems like he's been doing okay, but he's not above average. He was a defensive lineman 20 months ago, and now he's asked to be the right guard on an offense that is trying to dig itself out of being one of the worst in the NFL. The run game right now, it still has no bite. Montgomery is doing the best that he can, but I just don't see that push, that way that we need to really commit to it. I know Nagy sees it as well, which is causing that lack of commitment. But you got to be, if he's going to be stubborn in one place, it's got to be stubborn in that run game moving forward, especially this week against the Rams. They've had problems with penalties all across the board, and the receivers haven't even helped the situation. Do you know that the Bears receivers lead the NFL in drops by just a particular group, the wide receiving group? Can't have it. Not helping the quarterback in that realm either. Anthony Miller was asleep for the first month of the season. Allen Robinson has been the only consistent offensive force this team can even look at right now. And every single catch he has looks like he's in the like a movie 300 fighting off five or seven guys just to make that catch. And I think the, the, off, the failure of the off, this offense this season, it swings more towards Nagy than it has Trubisky. Now, this is not a defense of Trubisky. Relax. Sit back down on the couch. Don't spill the MGD, Chicago Bears fan. Trubisky, let's be honest, he's playing himself into street clothes right now. I mean, this guy is either writing his check or he is writing his epitaph this season. I completely understand that. But you have to understand that, let's say, if you wanted Chubby to at least become, let's say the floor of him was Alex Smith, which is what a lot of people like to put out there. We did him no favors this season to get him to that goal of being Alex Smith. I can't recall anyone coming into a year that said that Trubisky was some kind of finished product. I don't remember saying that. No one else ever said that. He had room to grow. And the fact that Nagy's acceleration of that offense treated him as such that he was a finished product 
and he was slow to react to get out of it, I think that's what's doomed and stunted his development more than anything. Trubisky needed repetition. He needed repetition in that 1.0 offense. He did not need to go on to the 2.0 offense. Quick fun story. I'm in junior high. To this day, I'm actually pretty decent at math. I can I can compute numbers fairly quickly. And in junior high, I was excellent in all my math classes, and I tested very, very high. I took this test, and they were like, you know what? We want to put you into this AP course. I was like, okay, great. Let's be honest, guys. Too much too soon. I was Trubisky in this class, all right? I got a 45%. My confidence was wrecked. I didn't think I knew math. Like, (laughs) I didn't think I knew math at all, and I got kicked out, and I got sent back down to the normal level where I belong. And that's what I'm saying. I think Trubisky needs to belong in that 1.0 Nagy offense. He's not ready for the 2.0. So let's roll it forward now to week 11, Bears at Rams. Bears coming off a 20-6 win over the Lions. The Rams lost a terrible, heartbreaking 17-12 game to the Steelers. Did not look good. Their offense looked terrible. Their offensive line looked even worse. And now it's a win-or-go-home matchup right now couple things from the Bears offense last week that I liked a whole lot. Hey, a QB sneak to pick up a first down. What a novel concept. I thought that was great on second and one, third and one. We should be leaning on that right now, especially with the way that our offensive line isn't getting the kind of push that we need. I really like Trubisky rolling out a little bit more, expanding that pocket. They rolled him out even to his left, even though he supposedly can't throw to his left for a nice pass to Allen Robinson in the game. I like that a whole lot. Now, again, a couple more concerning things. You know, Trubisky in the pocket saw a little indecision. Took probably two. Like, they gave up five sacks in that game. I would say two or three of them probably are on Trubisky. And I still don't see that same urgency that he had last season where he would go back, he would drop back, look at his primary, look at his secondary, and if it wasn't there, his feet were explosive out of the pocket, either to throw or to make a run. I'm still not seeing that right now. He's hanging in there just a little bit too long, and he needs a little more urgency in his decision-making in the pocket right now. Hopefully that can happen this week against the Rams. And finally, one more. Trubisky, we're hammering you all over town, but I'm going to do it one more time. Buddy, your kill plays are terrible. When he gets to the line and he kills a play, guess what it's going to be? It's going to be a run for negative yards. I'm not sure what Trubisky's responsibilities are in terms of being allowed to call audibles, but right now... That kill play is basically just a run, and it doesn't work. So keep an eye on that, Bears fans. Hopefully they can kind of sort that out this week. Now let's look at Rams at Bears, everybody. Now a couple interesting things to look at. Let's go through some odds. Here are the odds that I like a whole lot, obviously. Bears fans, baby. Bears plus seven. Do like that number. Do like them to cover in that game. Some other numbers that I do like. Bears minus 2.5 in the first half is plus 195. That is a very doable number. The under, 31.5, is plus 330. Two offenses that are struggling right now. Two offenses that did not score a lot of points against each other last season. That's a number that I like a whole lot. And the first team to 10 points, Bears plus 170. The Bears... For once this season, get off to a bit of a hot start. You can see a nice little payday right there, especially if the Rams offense gets sputters right out of the gate. The Bears could get to 10 first, plus 170. And, of course, the Ajus pick of the week. Defensive special teams touchdown, plus 200. Do like that. I do like that a whole lot with Goff and his nine interceptions. 
and let's be honest, Trubisky is not necessarily turnover proof. And also, my Juice pick of the week, Bears win by 43 points or more, plus 12,500. 12, oh, my God. Put your mortgage down. Retire early. Bears by 43. They win. There's actually a number out there for it. And let's just say, by the honor of Dicka, you got to play it. So let's take a look at some things right here. Now, for the Rams, the interesting thing about the Rams is you can throw on them. You can't throw on them in the red zone. Not something that the Bears do anyway, so we'll be okay there. But you can't throw on them. Over their last six games, the Rams are allowing an average of 281 yards passing to opposing quarterbacks. That's pretty good. Now, they've been pretty tough on running backs. But they've allowed about the numbers that David Montgomery has been putting up all season long. David Montgomery has been in the 60 rushing yard to 70 rushing yard range, popping a tutty every once in a while. The Rams have not allowed a 100-yard rusher since week five. And a lot of the starting running backs have been putting up about 60 yards and a touchdown against them. So if you're in fantasy this season, uh, fantasy this week with David Montgomery, that would definitely be a number to target. And the 10 to 14 fantasy point range could probably get it done. Now, Outside of week five against the Seahawks, when the Rams played the Seahawks, they allowed three touchdown passes to wide receivers. Outside of that one game, the Rams have only allowed four touchdowns to receivers all season. That is not good news for Allen Robinson. We already know Jalen Ramsey is going to be shadowing him most of the game. We're going to have to get it done in more creative ways, perhaps without Allen Robinson, especially in the red zone. And here's where I think we're going to get it done. I want us to see us run more tight end sets. I want Obviously, J.P. Holtz as a fullback has been a plus. I don't think we're going to see Trey Burton, but I think Brett Bronigert is going to play another role in this game. And our tight ends have been awful this season, but we really, really, really need them in this game. Since week four, five, five tight ends have posted 10 or more fantasy points against the Ram, the Rams. And that is going to be the place to target them in the offense and move the chains a little bit. I haven't seen enough of Montgomery and Cohen on the field at the same time, and I'm hoping we see that a little bit more this week. Now, you don't need to have them both in the backfield when the ball is snapped, but what I'm saying is a little bit more motion. They both can catch the ball in the passing game. Let's kind of open it up a little bit and make their linebackers move around and commit to different spots on the field. Maybe that can open up the running game. Maybe that can help out the tight ends a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's been poor play from the tight end position all season from the Bears, but we really, really, really need them in this game. And Trubisky's throw to Broniker was an excellent taste of possibly what could come if they target that position. Now, another key to the game, and this is a huge concern of mine, Rashad Coward against Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey versus Allen Robinson. Now, these are key positions right here, and they're going to have to do all they can, again, bringing in those tight ends again. They have to be on the field. They have to be a threat offensively, but they have to be in there to chip and block Aaron Donald because he is a beast, and he could wreck the game very quickly against a guy who, again, was only a defensive lineman a couple years ago. Bears are going to have to solve that issue just the same way the teams solve it every single week when they play a player like Aaron Donald, but especially this week. Worried a little bit about the Bears' defense on third down, specifically players like Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, and Gareth Everett. Those are guys that, especially the tight end, this is going to be a tight end game for me. I'm going to be looking at that position very, very, very intently throughout the game of who can do what and who can be productive from that position because I think both sides, both defenses are going to have to shut that down. And lastly, this is a key to the game. You're going to see a lot of stats about it. Khalil Mack, we need you, buddy. It's a primetime game. This is where you thrive. They're going to run those stats of all your fumble recoveries and sacks when playing on primetime. 
and this is the time to show out, man. You've been quiet for a couple of games, and honestly, with that offensive line, we need you to feast, dude. I know we're asking for a lot because last season, Khalil Mack single-handedly won so many games for us, but we need a Khalil Mack game in this game right now to get back to 500. Again, let's go over the odds real quick. Bears plus seven. I do like them to cover in that game. I'm not sure who's going to win this game because it is going to be very close. Both teams need it really, really badly, and the Bears are on the road. Trubisky was not great against the Rams last season, but he showed some glimpses of moving forward against the Lions last week, so who knows what happens in that game. First half minus 2.5 plus 195. That's a pretty good number, and my favorite probably is the under 31.5 at plus 530 in that game. We're going to take off from betting Chicago in just a moment. Just wanted to comment real quick because a lot of the wonderful Believe Podcast Network podcasts have been commenting on this recently. The NCAA just recently said that they're going to be allowed in the state of California and hopefully throughout the rest of the United States. They're going to allow players and athletes to be paid for their likeness and receive endorsement deals and agent deals as well. Now, a lot of more information is coming out. The specifics, I haven't quite seen an article that has broken down specifically how these players are going to be earning their money. But here's just what I'll say. It seems like to me that as great as it is, and sometimes when these things happen, you have to take them one step at a time and you have to grow the process until it gets to the point that you really need it. So this is groundbreaking, don't get me wrong, but honestly, this is still just a crumb throwing a crumb their way for the billions of dollars that they make. And I love the fact that they can make money off of uh, their own endorsements and T-shirts and everything. But my biggest question is, and if someone can answer this for me, is how is the NCAA going to promote their respective sports um, in terms of teasers and commercials? I mean, a lot of times when you're watching TV and there's a game coming on, let's just say it's LSU versus Alabama on Saturday, you're going to run a clip of – so-and-so quarterback, so-and-so player, whether it's Burrow or whatever. Last year with Duke, whenever they would run an ad to watch the Duke game on Friday night, they would run Zion Williamson dunking over somebody. And my question is, is that athlete going to get paid for that likeness usage? Because that is what's driving ratings. The whole idea is the spectacle of watching Zion Williamson. It's great that he's making money off of Pizza Hut or Bob's Tires or whatever it is, but my question is, when you're promoting the sport through advertisement, in-game, out-game, commercials, whatever it is, are these players going to get paid? And that's my big question too as well. Because those ratings bring in huge dollars, those bowl games, those tournaments, all that stuff, that's where the cash cow money is, and when are the athletes going to get a piece of that? It's cool that they're getting some side money to promote the celebrity that already exists by them playing, But the money is really being made on those ratings and in those games. And when can the players actually get a piece of that? If you show so-and-so hit a three ball from the corner when you're promoting said upcoming game, do they get a piece of that? Do they get a small cut of that? And that's what I want to see what happens. Because as an actor, that's what I care about. (laughs) Is If you show my face, if you use my likeness to promote your uh, product to make money, I want to see a piece of that, especially if you're going to use my face to promote it. So that's kind of the thing I want to see and how it rolls out moving forward. That's going to do it for me. I'm betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited. I got some brand new equipment here that I've been working with. 
Uh, I'm going to be able to bring you guys a lot more podcasts moving forward. We're going to bring some guests into play. Thanks for hanging with me while I uh, I had to go off and uh, cleanse my body of uh, poor Bears offense. And uh, I do want to talk about the other Chicago sports coming up. we got a lot of offseason baseball to talk about. The Blackhawks defense is still terrible, but the kids are coming up and they're playing a little bit better. So let's see how that works out. The Bulls are an interesting team. They can't shoot threes. They can't protect leads. But, hey, they're a little bit better than they were last year. And Kobe White's pretty fun to watch. We're going to talk more about that, too, as well. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the rest of the Believe Podcast Networks on that podcast network. This was Betting Chicago. My name is Joe Christopoulos. I'm out of here. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.